We on Five Sports Podcast season premiere, season number two. This is part two of the season preview. I got my NFL correspondent coming through, Steve. We're going to break down the NFC portion of the National Football League. I know you guys were able to check out the game between the Rams and the Buffalo Bills as the Buffalo Bills came through, handled that business out in SoFi, 31-10, as pretty much the Buffalo Bills dominated the football game, especially in the second half, outscoring them 21 to nothing in the second half. Spoiled ring night out there in Los Angeles. Know the Rams fans a little upset. We'll see if they're able to pick up the pieces in week number two. So, man, we're going to get right into it, man. Once again, this is the season premiere, season number two. Part two as we break down the NFC portion of the National Football League. Once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Man, man, on this one, man, we're going to break down the NFC. Man, teams that looking in depth in the NFC, man, teams I think that may be able to make a push towards the playoffs and eventually get themselves to the Super Bowl. And once again, man, I got my NFL correspondent in the building, Dolphin correspondent Steve in the building. Man, we're going to kick it off, man, in the NFC East. Man, you know we got to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, man, in the NFC East, man. Let me get your early thoughts, man, on the Cowboys this season, man. Ah, uh, man, question marks, question marks, and more question marks. Uh, talking about the Cowboys, uh, you know, obviously, you're going to start with the offensive line. Uh, you know, Tyron Smith being out, losing a big, big piece there. But, you know, how, how well can they sustain their health throughout the offensive line throughout the course of the season? It's going to be big. And years past that, we've been able to do that. So, uh, maybe um, that, that that might pan out. I know they, they picked up Jason Peters and, you know, at 40 years old, maybe he might uh, he might contribute on that offensive line, might maybe help even solidify it a little bit. But I still think, you know, when it comes to opening up the holes in the running game, they struggled last year. Uh, protecting Dak, they struggled. Um, and... If they can't do those two things, run the ball and keep Dak Prescott upright uh, and, and, and comfortable in the pocket, you know, offensively, they're not going to do much. Defensively, they got some playmakers. They got some young guys who can, who can do some things. But last year, they were opportunistic, right? They got the turnovers. They got, uh, you, know, you know, timely pick sixes that were coming on left and right. Um, and they, they they were getting some good sacks, good pressure on the quarterback. But can they be optimistic this year? Can they create those turnovers this year? Uh, typically, teams who have big years like that when it comes to creating turnovers don't follow it up the next year with a big year again because you're you're now more a little bit more focused on ball, ball security when you're playing them, uh, and, and you're not really giving the ball away as much. But you know. Those are the two biggest things that I see with the Cowboys. They're flawed, uh, you know, throughout the offensive line and defensive line. Uh, and then also losing Amari Cooper is another big deal. You know, not having that clear-cut number one. Another question mark is, you know, how well uh, is that receiving core going to hold up now without Amari Cooper um, taking the pressure off of everybody else? So, uh, you know, there's a lot that we got to learn about the Cowboys before we, we can say that they're going to be the team that wins the NFC. 
Yeah, man, I think you hit it right on the head with them. They got question marks across the board, and you didn't even mention the departure of Randy Gregory. You know what I mean? So they got departures. They got injuries. Obviously, we got uh, Michael Gallup, who probably may miss game one. You know, he's still trying to kind of get himself back back in the in the fold. You know, they lost Cedric uh, Wilson in free agency. So this is a team with a whole bunch of question marks. I mean, you got Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of people think this probably going to be his final season in Dallas. You know, we got the quote-unquote the emergence of Tony Pollard. And so for me, I just think that, man, they're just a team with a bunch of question marks. And I don't know, man. I mean, I think they play in the weakest division in the National Football League. But I can honestly say this, man. I think teams in their division has caught up with them just a little bit. And so I think that they may, that may be enough, especially, as you mentioned earlier, without the defense being able to get those timely turnovers and, and big plays from Diggs. And so I think for them, yeah, I think that this is, in my opinion, it's going to be a disappointing season. And I'm going to go out here and, and say it. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out here on the limb. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs this season. Mm. Uh, you know what? I, I kind of second that thought. Um, I think there's enough question marks and there's enough of a combination of good enough teams in that division. Not you know, great teams, but good enough teams to where you can split with the Cowboys on the home with them. To where you're gonna you're gonna give them a tough a tough road to, to, to the playoffs. They're gonna lose some games. I think they'll lose some games against Washington. I think they'll lose some games for sure against Philadelphia. Um and who knows? I, I think the Giants might even give them a run for the money. So I think yeah, there's plenty of question marks there and I think, you know, with, with 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 just within their division, I think they're gonna they're not gonna be running away with it like everybody everybody believes. I think it'll be more like years a couple of years ago rather, where you know Washington ended up winning that division with a losing record. It won't be that bad, but it'll be close enough to where a lot of a, a, most of the division is gonna have you know a close to 500 record, and uh, you know I, I think who knows a loss here and there the Cowboys might be out. Yeah, man. And speaking of the New York Giants, you know, to me, I was I, I was on my knees and I was begging and I'm not even a big time Giants fan. But for Big Blue, I was begging that they get rid of Dave Gettleman. I just thought that that was the beginning of the end and they moved on from Dave Gettleman and now they're in rebuild mode. I think this is a team as well that has a bunch of question marks. You got Saquon Barkley trying to get back into the fold. We got Daniel Jones basically trying to see if he a starting quarterback in this league or a career backup. I mean, they've got, you know, some issues with the wide receiving core. You know, to me, I think that this team is just straight on rebuild mode, man. I can't even say it any better than that. I think that they're a team that will probably try hard and one of those try hard and do hard type of teams. But this team is just, to me, devoid of talent, man. And I just don't see them winning no more than six or seven ball games at the most. What's your thoughts, man, on the Giants this season? Uh, here's the thing about the Giants. I don't think they're as bad as people think they are. They they got some young, talented players. I mean, the defense, there's question marks for sure, right? Defensive line, even you know, with Kevon Thibodeau, I think there there there's a bunch of question marks on the defensive line. But here's the thing about the Giants: Daniel Jones, when you keep when you protect them and you keep him upright and you give him Saquon Barkley, he was a good quarterback. You know, he wasn't that bad. 
it's when Daniel Jones got in trouble when he had to basically do it all. And he tried too hard and he became Carson Wentz. And one of the reasons that was he didn't have a running game. He didn't have Saquon. Saquon was hurt. And even when Saquon came back, he was, really wasn't 100%, right? He wasn't the Saquon we knew he was. And he didn't have an offensive line. And so, you know, the offensive line is a lot better now. They got a couple of first round draft picks on that offensive line. It's a little bit more short up. And, you know, you think that maybe on what really is a make or break year for him with a new coach, a new voice in his ear, uh, a new system, that maybe he'll cut back on the turnovers and not try to win the game by himself and play within the offense and do the right things and occasionally give you some of that athletic ability we saw his rookie year or occasionally give you a timely throw. If he does that, they could win some games. I don't think the Giants are as bad as people think. I think, um, you know, the, 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 the receiving core isn't the best in the league, but, you know, they, they do got a couple weapons on there. Um, you know, they spent a lot of, a lot of money on their weapons up with Kenny Gattelet. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but if he comes, you know, if he comes back, you know, they might be uh, halfway decent. Ball club, you know, they'll have a weapon, you know. You know, they, they can if they can run the ball with Saquon, they can make some plays. You can probably you could probably be in a lot of ball games. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win a whole bunch of games, but I, I, they will be competitive. And if you don't turn the ball over in this league, like Daniel Jones has been prone to, you can win some ball games. Yeah, man, and I think they I think with them, I think for the Giants is really to me about they do about the AF, the NFC East. Meaning that if they can get a couple splits against the teams in their division, Washington, Philadelphia, and Dallas, then I think they may be on to something. You know, I think for them, you know, with the Giants, to me, their whole deal is games that they play outside of the NFC East. I think that's going to be a their Achilles heel. But I think within the division, I agree with you in the standpoint, I don't think the other teams are that far away from them like that within their own division. It's just, you know, last year with Daniel Jones just farming the football, turning the football over. Yeah, they cut back on that, and you get, you know, you get, you know, 1,300 yards out of Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you might have something there. And they keep him upright, obviously. They keep Daniel Jones upright this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see them being one of those teams that's just a hard team to play against. I just don't think that the record would add up to a playoff appearance for them. But like you said, they got a new coach. You know, Thibodeau, he's a guy also, too, on the line that I'm very interested in taking a look and see what he does this season. But, yeah, the Giants, man, it's a wait-and-see approach, man. But I definitely don't think they'll make the playoffs. And, man, we go a little further south of New York City, man, to Philadelphia, man, with the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a team, man, I think, in my opinion, they probably have pound for pound probably the most talent of any team in the division when you look over the entire roster you know they had the big acquisition of A.J. Brown man coming over get him a big time receiver Devontae Smith going into the second year you know his second year you know I expect some pretty big things with him but I'm gonna expose the elephant in the room man and you already know what it is it's Mr. Jalen Hurts man what's your thoughts man on Philadelphia this season? Mm, Jalen Hurts is exactly right I mean they're loaded everywhere Uh, you know it's funny because you know his his situation kind of mirrors another Alabama quarterback in Tua, <laughs> Tua, 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 Tua and so you know 
But here's where his situation kind of differs from Tua is Tua's a hell of an accurate quarterback. Jalen struggles with his accuracy tremendously. And so, you know, if he can take the next step up and he can hit some of those throws, you look back to that playoff game against the, the Bucks. Mm-hmm. you know, there were some plays he left out on the field. Man. He left some touchdowns out there. And so if he can, if he can pick up, you know, the offense better and he can become more accurate and he can anticipate better and he can make those throws, uh, I mean, they're a good ball club. At, at, they're, they're talented at every other position. So really, it's just a matter of the quarterback, you know, utilizing that talent and letting those guys go to work for him and, and making plays. AJ Brown, you know, you, you get Devontae Smith. You got you got talent all over. Miles, Miles. Yeah, Miles uh, Sanders. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you have talent all over the field. Dallas Goddard. I mean, there's playmakers. He just has to be able to hit them. And if he could do that. You know, I think the Eagles, you know, if he makes that leap where he's, you know, from a, you know, upper 60 completion percentage quarterback, you're talking about close to 70. Yeah, he's, they're a good team. I, I think I have them winning the division. I think uh, they'll be in the playoffs again. It's just a matter of now are you taking that next level and are you actually going to win a playoff game? And that's not going to happen if Jalen Hurts can't be an accurate quarterback from the pocket. Yeah, man, and I think all the pressure, like you say, all the pressure on him this season because, now I agree with you, man, I think Philadelphia, if he plays B-plus football, I think this team wins the division. You know, I think that they'll eat themselves out 10 or 11 ball games and just simply win this particular division, man. Um, but that brings us to the final team in the division, man. We got the Washington Commanders. Man, I still got to get used to the nickname. Shout out to Daniel Snyder and company on that one. Um, they got. I kind of like, like the Washington football team. I, I, I was hoping they just kept, kept with the Washington football team. But. Yeah, it, 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 it's funny because it was a generic type of name, but once you got used to saying it, it had a certain okay. ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gave him kind of some. <laughs> yeah, it gave him some prestige there. You know what I mean? But yeah. the commanders, yeah, I got to think about that one again. But. Ron Rivera and company, man. You know, they got a, you know, Carson Wentz in the fold, man, coming over from the Indianapolis Colts, formerly the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they got some weapons over there. Terry McLaurin, you know, we got Chase Young. Hopefully he comes back, you know, full strength from that ACL injury he had last year. I think he won, the, to me, a top five best defensive lineman in, in the National Football League, or defensive end in the National Football League. Um, so for them, they're to me, they're the biggest mystery in this division. Because we just simply don't know which Carson Wentz gonna show up for them, and to yeah, me, we're, 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 we keep waiting for you know rookie and second year version of Carson Wentz to, to come back, and that guy hasn't come back um, <laughs> ever. And you surrounded him with a good team in uh, Indianapolis, and you thought that was gonna be you know what would have brought him back, and then now you're hearing some of the stuff that's going on. In Washington, where you know the coach is like, well, he has to play within the system, and he has to, you know, it's it's up to him to, you know, change the mindset and his approach. Yeah, it's gonna be, you know, it, it, it's gonna be interesting to see, but I, I don't think we're we're ever seeing that Carson Wentz back again. I think it's it, it, it's something in him in between the years where you know he's just not, you know, either you know confident enough, either. 
you know, maybe it's the locker room and how you sometimes can alienate the locker room. It's just something there that, you know, and, and it's sad because I thought he was, you know, he's going to be better than Dak or all the other quarterbacks that were drafted in that in that group. And you thought he was, he was the guy. Then, man, we're going to move on to the NFC North, man. The cold black and blue division of the NFC. Man, man, leading off, man, I guess I'm going to go ahead and have to plant my flag for my Chicago Bears. Man, Chicago Bears this season, man. We got Justin Fields, man. Another year under the fold for him. We got a new head coach in Matt Eberflus. Got a new GM in, in, in fold. And to me, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there, man. I think this team is absolutely rebuilding. There's no talent, really, in my in my opinion. There's no talent in skill positions. No disrespect to Darnell Mooney, because I think he is a good football player. You know, but I think that this team, man, just based on the fact that we got one of the lowest cap numbers across the whole entire National Football League, this just reeks of me of, uh, of a rebuilding ball club. I think that, obviously, we had to trade a Khalil Mack out to the, uh, to the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think this team has hit the reset button, man. But, you know, I do see some talent, obviously, in Justin Fields. And I think he actually did have a good preseason and, and showed some stuff in the preseason. But to me, the Chicago Bears in totally rebuild mode, man. What's your thoughts on the Bears? Worst team in football. Uh, you, you, you'll probably end up, if you don't have the first overall pick, you won't be too far from Um <laughs> But... You know, you hope it's not at the expense of your young franchise quarterback. It's Justin Fields is a pretty good quarterback. And he's going to take a beating and he's going to be running for his life. Uh, you don't have little weapons around him. You hope that you can rely a lot on the running game. But, you know, Montgomery's a good back. I don't think he's a great back. Um, you know, and then you only have the one right receiver. And then there's holes throughout the offensive line. Defense isn't what it was. They, they, you know, they spend a ton of money on linebackers. Uh, and not enough uh, money on those key positions like border, cornerback and, 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 and edge rusher. So you're going to pay the price there. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's unfortunate because you know you hope that even though you're picking you know in the top five or whatnot, you're going to retool. You hope it's not at the expense of your your young quarterback who, who, who would probably end up losing some confidence, and, and you hope he stays upright. Yeah, man. I think that's, to me, that's the biggest issue with the Bears this season. I mean, Justin Fields is a big boy, just from a stature standpoint. But absolutely, you don't want him taking shots and taking unnecessary unnecessary shots. You know, so to him, to, to me, I think with him, I, I like his development. You know, I've been following him during the preseason. And so I can see some development there in Justin Fields. We got a new OC, two in the building up at Hallis Hall. So uh, I think it's Luke Getze is the offense, new offensive coordinator. So I can see, you know, some creativity that he's doing a little bit different than last season. Um, so to me, yeah, this totally rebuild, man. I see this team as, as you mentioned earlier, top five uh, draft pick in the first round next season, man. And hopefully Justin Fields don't get killed in the process. And, man, we got the next team coming up, man, in the NFC North, man. The team that everybody's gotten a sneak peek to look at, man. We got Hulk Hogan, I mean, slash Dan Campbell and the and the Detroit Lions, man. What's your thoughts, man, on the Lions this season, man? Uh, team on the come up, I think. Uh, you know, 
they were a tough out towards the end of the season. They they keep playing. They played hard. Even in the beginning of the season, they played hard. And I think this year they'll, they'll do the same thing. They'll play hard for Dan Campbell. Um, the team takes on the personality of the coach. And, and Dan C- Campbell is scrappy and he's intense. And I think they'll be that way. And they've been drafting players that way. Uh, so they're going to get the effort. They don't have enough playmakers uh, to really make a dent in, 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 in the NFC. But I think they're going to win more games than they won last year. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna upset a couple of teams along the way. Uh, I think, uh, you know, defensively, I think they're a lot better. Uh, I think that pretty good offensive line, young, good offensive line. And, you know, Jared Goff, you keep him upright. He'll complete some throws. He'll make some plays down the field for you. Um, they have a couple of young wide receivers. Um, St. Brown's really good. So, you know, it's just really a matter of, you know, getting more talent on that team, but building that confidence, uh, being able to see that, you know, the stuff that Dan Campbell you know, preaching and trying to get those guys to, to, to buy in and seeing the results, I think is going to be, is going to work wonders for their confidence. And then, you know, if you add a few free agents, a couple of playmakers next year, you know, they might be, they might be a, a team to reckon, uh, reckon with in that division. Yeah, man, I think with them, you know who they eerily remind me of? They remind me of the Los Angeles Rams a couple of years ago when Jerry Goff first got to Los Angeles, where they basically was running the ball with Todd Gurley and just using him off the play action, the play action pass, going to tight ends and, and, and you know, pushing the ball downfield every now and then. I think that's what the Detroit Lions is now with DeAndre Swift, you know, Jamal Williams in the backfield. You know, they got a, you know, to me, a, a, a pretty decent tight end in, in, in Hawkinson. And, you know, St. Uh, Brown had a great season last year for them. So I think that to me, from, from the offensive standpoint, they're very similar to the Rams, in my opinion, a couple of years ago, where they just kind of basically allow, you know, the quarterback to just go off the play action and just throw what you see, throw a guy open, throw what you see. So I think for them, I think the biggest thing for them is really the earlier part of the season. I think, you know, if they're able to, you know, the first four to six weeks of the season, go four and two or something like that, then I think with Dan Campbell, man, and his motivation tactics that they got in Detroit, I think they may they may do a little something this season. But to me, I think at the end of the day, I think this is a seven-win ball club, maybe eight wins. It just all depends on how they start off in the gates. I think, two on the defensive side, I think they're a little bit more solid than advertised. And two, I like their offensive line. I think their offensive line is pretty decent. So for me, I think their team actually on the come up within the division. I think they're maybe so about a year a year or so away. So I can see them easily winning uh, seven to eight ball games this season. Man, man, and then we got we're gonna travel up north in the division, the most northernest team in the division. We got the Green Bay Packers. Man, they had the loss of Devontae Adams this season. But, man, man, we got Aaron Rodgers back in the fold again just to see if they can have a good season, man, and don't flame out in the playoffs like they did last year. And for me, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there, man. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is, is a great quarterback. But I think that the days of him carrying this team, I think, is over, man. I just don't think that. To me, they kind of remind me of the New England version of an NFC team where you just put all the eggs in one basket and hopefully Aaron Rodgers can make everything go in fruition. 
And I, I think this season, man, even though they got some good talent, especially I like their defense a little bit better than I have in past seasons. But I think to me, I do believe that the offense is going to take a little bit of a little bit of a step back. And I think it may cost them in the division. But what's your thoughts, man, on the Packers this year? Uh, the Packers, I think, you know, they remind me a little bit of Kansas City where they, they, they lost a key playmaker. And then now they go back to not relying on that key playmaker to become more of a team offensively. I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to probably end up doing. Um, you know, it, their defense is stellar. They got like eight first-round picks on the defense, mm-hmm. so they're, they're, they're going to be they're going to be lights out defensively. They're going to have to balance it out by running the ball, not turning the ball over. No Aaron Rodgers, he didn't turn the ball over. So, you know, I think if they can do that. Um, if the young guys on uh, in the receiving court can kind of step up and make some plays, I think they'll be fine. I think, um, you know, they'll find another another Jordy Nelson, you know, or another Randall Cobb-type player. They'll find those guys that weren't necessarily super high draft picks that'll come in and make some plays. And, you know, whether, you know, in years past, you know, regardless of who it was, they, they found that guy and I think Aaron's going to make another guy out of out of uh, out of that in the out of the receiving core. So I think uh, they'll be right there uh, in contention in the NFC. Uh, they might be a dark horse play too. So um, I, I, I think they'll win the division hands down. Yeah, man. I think with them too. You know, when we lost Devontae Adams, you know, on that ball club, I think when you look at their running backs, you know, with AJ Dillon, you know, and uh, you know, just that running situation. You know, I think that they got a two-headed monster in the backfield. And I think to me, I think the transition for me would be is just you may see them run the football a little bit more than you did the, the past couple of seasons. I think they win this division by default, meaning that, you know, I could see them easily winning, you know, 10 or 11 uh, games easy. But I, I, I wouldn't say they win by default because Minnesota's a really good team. Um, but you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they don't have – you know, it's not the NFC. It's not the AFC West. You know, so they got the easier pass for sure. But don't sleep them. I, I wouldn't sleep on those guys. I think you know they'll be they'll be battle tested. They'll be they'll play in enough cold weather cities to 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 be able to come in into the playoffs and beat somebody. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, man. The final team in the uh, NFC North, we got the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins and company, Davin Cook and company. This defense, to me, they took a step back. I mean, think about it, man. What was it about three years ago? They had one of the best defenses, in my opinion, in football. You know, from just a front standpoint and what they were able to do conceptually with Mike, uh, with Coach Zimmer. But now, you know, I think they hit their defense is definitely taking a step back. But what's your thoughts, man, on Minnesota this season? I think Minnesota is a good team. I think they'll be in the playoff hunt, and they might, you know, squeak out. Oh, I think I think they'll get the wild card, but I think. Who knows? They might be able to squeak out a you know a division, uh, and and maybe even edge out Green Bay if Green Bay falters. You know, so I think the receiving core is probably one of the best in football. Maybe top five, definitely top five, maybe top three. Um, I think uh, they'll be able to run the ball. Davin Cook is a monster. Um, I think defensively, obviously, they don't have that defense that you mentioned from a few years back. That that defense ended up being, you know, injuries kind of riddled that thing apart. And, you know, 
they haven't been able to fill in the guys. But I do think that they're they're good enough up front. I think they're good enough to keep them in ball games. But you know their offense is so stellar, and I think it doesn't really matter if they give up some points. They should still be able to win some games, uh, even giving up points because their offense is that good or should be that good. I mean, you bring in you know uh, John McVay disciple if you if you get anything that looks like that resembles like the Rams offense I think they'll be in good shape yeah and then arguably as you mentioned earlier about their receiving course I mean they got one of the top receivers in the National Football League and Justin Jefferson so you know I like their balance on offense you know a lot of people get Kirk Cousins a hard time man but I like the balance that they have in offense and to me yeah if it's, if it's not Green Bay winning this division I think the Minnesota Vikings absolutely have the ability to take over the Green Bay Packers and win the NFC North this season, man. So we'll see, man. Like I said, once again, it's one of the black and blue divisions of the National Football League, man. But, yeah, it's going to be some cold weather, you know, grudge match type football games this season in that division. But definitely I got, you know, Minnesota and Green Bay being the cream of the crop of that division, man. So, so yeah, man, once again, man, broke down that portion of the NFC. We'll be right back to break down the rest of the NFC on We On Fire Sports Podcast. Next up, man, we got the NFC South. This is a division that's, to me, some of the best robberies in the NFC houses in this division. First up, man, on the slate, we're going to break down, man, we got the Atlanta Falcons. This team last year, man, had, in my opinion, the worst secondary in the National Football League. I mean, they secondary was just straight atrocious. I think they could have took the University of Alabama secondary and put it in the line and probably did a better job than the secondary did last season. Man, we got head coach Arthur Smith in the building. Man, we got Matt Ryan being traded to the Indianapolis Colts. This team, to me, is in total rebuild mode. Even though they got some young talent in Kyle Pitts, we got to receive a Drake London they just drafted. But... This team, to me, reeks rebuilding with Marcus Mariota. What's your thoughts, man, on the Atlanta Falcons this season? Uh, you mentioned it, man, total rebuild. Um, you know, Marcus Mariota's going to try to hold the fort down until they can have a young quarterback step up and make some plays. And he'll probably, that'll be Desmond Ritter. They'll throw him in there um, if, he, if, he's, if he's healthy. If not, they'll probably draft another quarterback. Um, I'm assuming they'll draft another quarterback no guarantee at this um, but yeah it's it's they don't have much weapons on the outside uh, you know they have a great tight end but that's about it their offensive line is yeah, decent for for a team uh, for, for a younger team but you know again they, they, there's not, nothing that just catches your eye and says okay you know this is what we're going to build on so there's a lot of holes throughout this team defensively you know they're Secondary is atrocious. Um, you know, defensive line. Yeah, they couldn't get pressure on anybody. They made some. They made some moves uh, uh, in, in the draft. Picked up a couple of defensive linemen, but you know, young players again. So yeah, it's a total rebuild. Uh, you know, there's no more dirty birds down in Atlanta. It's all it's all rebuilding right now. So uh, you know, they'll be in the top five picking next year, and that's basically what Falcon fans have to look forward to. Yeah, man, and Mariota actually looked it pretty good this uh, preseason throwing the football. 
Like he act like he, you know, he looked like he was in pretty good shape and he had a good spin on his football. I mean, and I think he's a guy that's a good bridge quarterback for you. You know, obviously you got, you know, Ritter out of the University of Cincinnati, who they're pretty much trying to groom to be, you know, the full-time starter. Or, as you mentioned, they may pivot because they got a first round, probably going to be a first five pick in the NFL draft coming up next season. They may go in the quarterback direction. But this team absolutely is rebuilding. I think that the best part of their season is really to play spoiler within the division, especially with the New Orleans Saints. But yeah, man, no disrespect to you know to the Dirty Bird fans out there, man. But yeah, I don't see the Atlanta Falcons winning no more than maybe five football games this season, man. I just think that this team has totally hit the reset button. You know, they pretty much got a fairly new GM after they let go Thomas Dimitrov a couple, you know, two years ago. So for me, they're just kind of building their coffers, man. But yeah, I don't see this team. Um, I don't see this team going anywhere. I think they're the worst team in this division. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a long, long uh, season. But you know, on the college football end, at least Georgia playing good football, man. So definitely, if we get uh, if we get too depressing with the Atlanta Falcons, man, you can switch over to the Georgia Bulldogs, I guess. Man, and now we got next up in the division. We're going to go a little further north to Charlotte, man, and the Carolina Panthers. Man, Carolina, man, trying to make some moves. You got uh, C-Mac, you know, finally looks like he may be healthy for this season. You know, we got a change at quarterback. You know, I think this team, you know, we got DJ Moore, which I think is a, you know, a good young receiver, only 25 years old for them, trying to hold the four down, man. But they got Baker in the building, man. What's your thoughts, man, on the uh, Carolina Panthers this season? I think if Baker can be accurate with the football, they'll be in contention for a while. But, uh, I think uh, the key is making sure that, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey can last at least most of the season. Um, if that happens, you can run the ball or you can throw it out the backfield. Christian McCaffrey, and he, you know, he, if he's still the home run threat he's always been, you can still get some big chunk plays without having, you know, to have Baker basically drive you down the field. And you know, they got some receivers, uh, DJ Moore, Stud, uh, you know, Robbie they Anderson. Some- yeah, they forget about Robbie Anderson. I think he still got a little bit of in the tank as far as you know, a downfield receiver. You know, just throwing the ball deep to Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Robbie, Robbie Anderson is a deep threat. He can fly. Uh, Florida guy. So, you know, he's, he's all about speed. This game is, is, is getting down the field. You know, they, they're a good team. Defensively, I think they're great. Uh, defensively, uh, they got, uh, I think, really, the, arguably, when healthy, they got probably one of the best secondaries in, in, in football. You know, uh, oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, Horn and, and AC Law, I think those guys are studs. Uh, you know, they, if they can get a pass rush, uh, I think they'll be really, really good defensively. Um, I think they'll, they'll 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 fight for a wild card and, and probably save their coach's job. Yeah, man, I think that especially too with their secondary, we got JC Horn who got injured, you know, last season. You know, uh, and he's coming back into the fold, man. Stud out of uh, South Carolina for them. So yeah, I think that they got they got some they've, they've had some okay drafts. You know, their drafts have been pretty decent. I think that they crashed and burned with Sam Donald, but 
you know, Baker Mayfield, man, I think that he's a guy, you know, as much as people talk about Baker Mayfield, man, you know, he did get the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. And as you know, Steve, there's only a few quarterbacks you can count on one hand perfectly that's ever got the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. So, you know, he's a feisty guy. You know, he's a guy, in my opinion, that he got a chip on his shoulder. And all who knows Baker Mayfield, especially, you know, you know, winning the Heisman Trophy as a walk-on, he plays better when he has a chip on his shoulder. So, yeah, I definitely think that they can not only play spoiler in this division, but I think those games, especially against the New Orleans of the world and Tampa's of the world, I think those games potentially be a little bit more competitive than what people are giving them credit for. Oh, no. Uh, you know, you know, I think I think Baker is can be a good quarterback. He's playing now with a chip on his shoulder. He has the potential. But you, he succeeded when he was playing within the confines of the offense. And he was an overly hyped Baker who was going out there trying to just make plays on his own. He was handing off the ball to, and relying on the running game and then would make timely, accurate throws. And if he had to scramble, he has enough athletic ability to do that. It's when you get away from that, and plus injuries play a role in it too. I mean, he was hurt that last year, I believe. But it's when you throw in the fact that, you know, he would tend to get away from that, try to make too much happen, or, you know, the immaturity and some of the stuff that plagued him in the locker room with his receivers, you know, know, getting in, you know, losing really confidence of his team that's why Robbie Anderson didn't even want him there right because he, he saw what happened with Odell Absolutely. Um, you know it's when you get into stuff like that that you know and it's not about football it's not about you know playing it, it, it's the extra stuff you know like like they say you know he's, he make, can be extra and if if, if he's extra then he you'll get the Baker from last year and not the Baker his rookie year or second year when you know, took the team to the playoffs. And then, man, we're going to head further south. In the NFC South, man, down to New Orleans, man. Some of the best food in the world, by the way. But man, the New Orleans Saints, you know, this season, man, we obviously we had the retirement of Drew Brees. And now we got Jameis Winston under the fold. You know, we got Alvin Kamara, who may or may not have a suspension this season, one of the best backs in the National Football League. We got Michael Thomas that's finally healthy for them. We got a defense that to me, in my opinion, they're one of the best defenses in the National Football League when you just look at the numbers and, and what they're able to do. And they're a team, man, that a lot of people feel that can definitely win this division and be a contender in the NFC. But what's your thoughts, man, on the New Orleans Saints this season, man? Uh, I think the Saints will will be a good team. Uh, they'll be battling for a wild card. Uh, I think as long as, you know, Jameis Winston stays healthy, uh, and they got enough. They got enough players. If Alvin Kamara is suspended, uh, that's going to be tough for them to kind of overcome, especially in their early parts of the season. Especially since he's injured right now, you're going to miss him already. And if you throw in a suspension on top of that for some of the stuff that he, you know, they, that they alleged he, he, he's done, 
So that, that, that he's going to be missing most of the season if that's the case. And they can't afford to have that because he's just that good, right? So, you know, you'll have defenses now instead of keying out the more they'll be keying in on James Winston. And when they start keying in on James, James Winston, you start to see some of the turnovers and you start to see some of the ill-advised throws. Uh, so offensively, they can't, they can't, they can't afford that. Defensively, stellar, uh, good pass rush. You saw what they do did to Tom Brady. Uh, Brady has a losing record against the Saints in his time with the Bucks. So mm-hmm. I think they're defensively, they're 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 going to be stellar. It's just really about James. They got great young quarterback. I'm, I'm sorry, young wide receiver to go along with James Gabe. Um Chris Olave, I think he's going to be a stud. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think they, they got a playmaker in him. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, if he comes back to form, that's another playmaker. So they got they got a good receiving core. Um, it's really just a matter of uh, the, the Jameis and, and making sure that they have Alvin Kamara. Yeah, man. And I think, I mean, if you look at the stats of Jameis Winston, I mean, he, he throws the football. It's not like he's scared to throw the, to throw the football. It's just like he he a 30-30 guy for the wrong reasons. <laughs> you know, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he hasn't been bashful about getting the, getting the ball down the field. And to me, if he cut if he cut 25% of his turnovers down, this is a playoff team. To me, it's that simple. If he keep control of the football, especially, too, as I mentioned, with their defense and some of the young weapons that they got, and they can run the ball, yeah, I think that this team can absolutely get themselves from a wild card standpoint. I think they can edge themselves into the playoffs potentially. And then, man, we have the final team in the NFC South, man. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks. A year removed from winning the world championship last season, they season ended in a divisional round in a great game with the Los Angeles Rams. Man, man, they defense just pretty much dropped the ball. I mean, I mean, how you lead Cooper Cup over? But anyway. This team, man, they're back in the fold. They got the oldest quarterback in the National Football League. I mean, he approaching George Blander's status out here, those who know about George Blander. But, man, man, your thoughts, man, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season, man. Also, too, with a new head coach and uh, Todd Bowles in the fold. Uh, you know, the Bucs, you know, it's, it's about Tom Brady. Um, I think Brady's going to be focused. He's going to be ready to go. Uh, you know, He'll, he'll miss out on some weapons for sure, some injuries on in the right receiver core. You know, there might be, you know, Mike Evans. He's gonna, be, he's good to miss a few games. Russell Gage, I think he's gonna miss that first game. Um, you know, they've lost on Gronk, but you know, I, I still think they got um, Cameron Brake. Yeah, they got yeah, Cameron Brake. Cameron, Cameron Brake still back there. So yeah, I think they still got some good tight ends. Um, I think really it boils down to that offensive line. I mean, it's it's been decimated by injury, but I think Tom will figure it out. I think um, I think it will. It, this will probably look more like that Super Bowl year where you know they started off a little slow in the beginning, and then you know once guys start figuring it out, um, you know you start to get some continuity on that offensive line, and then they start, they'll start to win later on in the year, and they might get hot in the playoffs. They, they'll have to go on the road probably. But I think at the end of the day, when you have Tom Brady, he'll figure it out. He'll sort it out. He's won Super Bowls with less. So I'm not really concerned about him. But, yeah, there's going to be some early season challenges, and I think they'll lose a few games. I think they'll beat the Cowboys week one, but uh, they, they, they might lose a few games. 
Yeah, man, with them, and I kind of got the same theory with them, man. I think that obviously the, the injuries to the offensive line is a huge thing, but you got the most veteran, most experienced quarterback in the history of the National Football League on your team. So I think that Tampa, I think that they will f- figure it out eventually. I think that for them, my only concern with them, man, to be quite honest, is them running the football. You know, Fournette came into camp overweight. Now, I think that the pressure, though, you know, just having, you know, Tom Brady as your leader, I think they'll eventually everybody will get kind of on the right page. But I think it's going to take a couple of weeks for them. to. But I definitely think Tom Brady, his team, I think this year they, they definitely win the division and get another shot, man, to compete in the NFC for, for a shot at the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. And so we go into the final, final division in the NFC. And I think this is one of the best divisions in the National Football League, man, the NFC West. We got the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury and company. Starting off first, you know, they broke off a big bag of money with Kyler Murray this season, this offseason, brother. You know, they got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins suspended for the first six games of the season. But they made some free agent acquisitions on their ball club, man. What's your thoughts, man, on the Arizona Cardinals this season? Uh, I think they'll be a good team. Uh, and I definitely think they'll make a wild card. I think they'll be that wild card. And they got a chance if the Rams start off slow and kind of have a little small malaise, so to speak. I think, you know, they could probably eke out that division. Um, they're that good offensively. I think Kyler Murray's a great quarterback. I think it's for him, it's just the injuries. It takes us a beating, running around, getting hit. It's not a big dude. So uh, there's a trend for these guys starting out great when they're healthy and Kyler's doing great. Scrambling, he's making plays. And then as he starts to take a beating, their season <laughs> tends to go down the tank. Uh, if he can learn to not take some of those hits, if he can sit there and deliver from the pocket, and not have to scramble and get hit um, and prolong his season a little bit. I think um, I think they're a team to be reckoned with. Uh, the other thing is uh, defensively, they're littered with young playmakers on their defense. Man, I think they got a great pass rush. I think they, they they have a really good defense. I think they're they're. I I think they'll probably split with the Rams, but um, not having Seattle there, uh, you know, with Russell Wilson to, to, to deal with. That's going to get them an extra win probably um, this year. So I think uh, I think they'll be the wild card, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win the division. Yeah, man, and they had you know a surprise situation last year on the offensive end with the emergence of James Conner. You know, a lot of people thought you know once he left Pittsburgh, he was just basically about done. They had a good season for them last year. Yeah, I think that you know you got Buda Baker over there in the secondary, one of my favorite secondary players in the league. You know, I think for them, it's to me, it's all. I think the motto to me with the Arizona Cardinals is about finishing, like you said said earlier, where they start off hot, where they start off the first two months of the season looking like a real deal football club, and then we get into November, late mid November to December has been their Achilles heel the last two seasons. I think to me, Cliff Kingsbury, I think that there's going to be some pressure there, man, if they they go down that same path this season. I think that they have a tremendous amount of talent. But to me, I think it's just more so experience with them. And we saw that the last two years where they just bottomed out the last seven games of the se- of the season. It was like a whole totally different ball club, man.
Man, man. Also, too, man, we mentioned them, which is the defending Super Bowl champions. The Los Angeles Rams, man, the winner of last year's Super Bowl, man, they back in the fold. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup and company. We got, you know, the, the new young Belichick and Sean McVay out here in the streets. You know, they made a few few little side moves, man. And, man, we also, too, got Cam Akers, man, finally back in the fold. Looks like he's going to have a, a longer season than he did last year. Obviously, he was injured, you know, pretty much all, all of last season for them. What's your thoughts, man, on the L.A. Rams this season, man? Think they're going to repeat? Nah, it's hard to repeat in this league. Nah, uh, it just is, man. I don't know if, if they'll repeat. I, I think that hunger to to win is tough, man. I mean, you even look at the Patriots when they won their first Super Bowl. You know, getting back there is hard. It is hard. And you go through it to try to get back there. And trying to get that level of motivation so there's a reason why you know there hasn't been uh, many teams that have been able to repeat in this league uh, in this century right so uh, you know do I think they'll be able to do it uh, I don't think they were anything like the Patriots uh, I think uh, you know it, it, it takes that hunger like a Tom Brady to be able to to, to to have back-to-back championships um, in this league. It takes a quarterback to basically, or not just quarterback, but head coach as well, basically say, hey, you know, it's it's a new beginning. It's like we never won, and, and everybody here sucks. And I don't think the Rams have that. I think, you know, they got superstars. Guys were ready to retire. Guys were ready to go do other things. It's L.A. It's glamour. It's glitz. It's hard, man, to, to really just go back through that grind again. I don't know if the Rams could do it. I don't have them making the Super Bowl at the NFC. Uh, I don't think they'll they'll win it, but I do think they'll definitely make the playoffs. I mean, they're too talented not to. Um, but who knows? Um, uh, I, we know all the weapons, the Cooper Cubs of the world. Um, you know, Matt Stafford and great quarterbacks, Alvin Robinson. Um, you know, they got they got playmakers. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, are they hungry enough to to, to repeat? San Francisco 49ers, you know, they just made the move of re-signing back Jimmy Garoppolo. Not sure how they feel about Trey Lance and company, man. It's a team that has a bevy of weapons, you know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Debo Samuel, you know, George Kittle and company. Brandon Ayuk, you know, they got some, you know, a running back by committee. We got, you know, Shanahan, you know, Shanahan well offense, man, out there in Frisco. What's your thoughts, man, on the San Francisco 49ers this season, man? Uh, you know, Trey Lance, it really boils down to that. Uh, I think even if you transition, let's say Trey comes out and he doesn't do well and you transition to Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, that's a bad season. <laughs> that, that means things aren't going well and you need Jimmy to try to help salvage it and I think you know you really just put the season on in, in, in Trey Lance's hands they got playmakers but you know I think they're a little overrated on offense uh, there's still some missing pieces there you don't have a, a wide receiver that can basically take the top off the coverage uh, at least one with consistency right you have AU and you know he, he, he's, he's, 
he's coming off a bad season. Um, you know, Kittle's injury prone at times. So, you know, they got one wide receiver who's a stud, but like, you know, the rest of the core is good to average, maybe. Uh, and Kittle's, you know, is injury prone. Is, is he going to last the whole season? Um, you know, it's running back by committee. Who knows what you're going to get? So you're relying really on Kyle Shanahan and his ingenuity on offense. But, you know, I think they're a little overrated offense, quite frankly. But, you know, defensively, they're, they're stellar. The, you know, they, they're up front. Joey Bosa's machine. Um, if he can stay healthy, you know it's 20 sacks for him. Um, uh, they're secondary. They have some really good corners. Um, you know, took, took a step up last year for sure. So, you know, it, it really, it, 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 I think they're both of us team, to be honest with you. I really do. I think they're going to either be in the Super Bowl or, you know, they're not making plans. Then, man, we transitioned to the final team in the division, man, the Seattle Seahawks. They had the departure, man, of Russell Wilson. It seemed like everybody leaves Seattle, man, for real, for real. But they had the departure of Russell Wilson. I think this team is straight rebuild. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I think this Pete Carroll's last season in the National Football League, I think he's going to hang it up after this season. And I see that this team pretty much, to me, it's really about just getting the young guys, letting them play a little bit. You know, they drafted uh, Kenneth Walker from uh, uh, Michigan State. You know, I like DK Metcalf, obviously. I like some of some of say some of the weapons, but I'ma say this: if you got Geno Smith starting for you, you ain't making the playoffs and you rebuild. What's your thoughts, man, on Seattle, man? Rebuild, rebuild, and more rebuild. Uh, but I do think of all the teams that are rebuilding, I think they got probably the best chance of, of winning some ball games. Um, they're going to be committed to running the ball, and then they're going to surprise you on defense because it's really the scheme. They can play, uh, pick and plug in guys. You know, they've done that throughout uh, the Pete Carroll era. So they're going to plug in some guys that never heard of and that they picked up later on in drafts or through free agency. They're going to make some plays for them. So they're going to the, the scheme works out there. They're going to they're going to be in some ball games, and they're going to win them. Really, uh, Gino's going to probably you know give away a few ball games, and then they'll probably you know. Uh, do a little quarterback uh, 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 by, by committee there, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, they'll they'll be just good enough to win a few games. To probably be something around six or seven, um, to where they're not going to be in the top five uh, of the draft. Maybe six and eleven if they can speak out another game. Maybe seven to ten, and they'll be bad enough to maybe get one of those quarterbacks on the back end. Uh, they're, they're definitely a rebuild. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They definitely going to hit that reset button. And yeah, Pete Carroll ain't a spring chicken, man. I think I think Pete is the oldest coach in the National Football League currently, I believe. So definitely yeah, for him. Yeah, I think between him and what, Andy Reid probably. But yeah. They're, they're, yeah, he's up there. Yeah, I think he's older than Reid. So yeah, man. He's one of the oldest coaches in the National Football League, man. And I think for him, I think it's going to be a swan song. Yeah, I can definitely see Pete going up into the front of our office with John Snyder or something like that. You know, after his coaching duties is over, man. But 
I totally agree. I don't see this team winning no more than five, six ball games for this season, man. So, man, man, we appreciate breaking down the entire NFC, man. Coming up, we're going to give our NFC predictions winners. Also, too, we're going to have that Super Bowl winner, man, for this season, man. So, definitely appreciate you guys listening. We on Fire Sports Podcast. I have the Tampa Bay Bucks getting back to the Super Bowl this season. I do think they they climb out of the NFC. I think to me it's all about who they match up with in the NFC playoffs. But I do think that they win their division, and I do think that they get some kind of home field. Whether it's the first home playoff game or some kind of home field, I think that's enough for Tom Brady to, to inch his way back into the Super Bowl. So I got the Tampa Bay Bucks getting out of the NFC. What's your prediction, man, on the NFC this season, man? Who do you think is going to get out the NFC this season? I agree with you, actually. I think the Bucks will get back in there. Um, I think it'll be an NFC, I'm, I'm sorry, an NFC championship game between the Bucks and the Packers. I think Tom wins, gets back to the Super Bowl, and I think, you know, he'll, he'll face Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, another Super Bowl rematch. And I think this time around, I think the Chiefs might have a whole win. But I do think uh, in the Bucks will, uh, Tom will get back in there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I think that to me, I think this is going to be also to his final uh, NFL season. But I'm going to go a little different in the AFC. I'm going to go the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia stand up. I think they finally get to the Super Bowl the first time in almost 30 years back into the Super Bowl. Shout out to Bruce Smith and company, Jim Kelly and company, man, Marv Levy and company. I think they get back to the Super Bowl for the first time since that ball club, man. I think Josh Allen, I think he's one of the best you know, quarterbacks. Arguably, he might be the best quarterback in the National Football League, depending on who you ask. And so I think that by them getting burnt last year in the playoffs, I think they got a sour taste in their mouth. I think Sean McDermott and company, man, I think they geared up for this season. They made a few little pieces uh, as far as acquisitions is concerned, bringing in Von Miller, definitely going to help them out on the edge. You know, Von, like a good luck charm. But I do think that it's going to be the Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I think the Buffalo Bills will win their first Super Bowl this season, man, against the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady's last game in the National Football League. Once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast, season number two, episode one premiere. Once again, I want to thank my NFL correspondent, Steve, for coming through, breaking down the NFC portion of the National Football League. I know everybody is stoked that the NFL is back in the, back into effect. Man, once again, man, we're going to come up right after the NFL week concludes. Not only the National Football League, we're going to break down the next episode, but everything across the sport landscape. So once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, the National Basketball Association, we're about a month out for the NBA ramps back up with training camps. But there was an interesting story that came out of the NBA as the NBA has concluded their investigation of Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. 
Robert Sarver was accused of workplace workplace situation as far as racial epithets as well as his treatment of female employees within the Phoenix Suns organization. NBA has came back and they have fined Robert Sarver the amount of $10 million as well as they vanished him from the team for an entire season. And so we on Five Sports Podcast, we were kind of keeping our eye on the situation. I had heard the rumblings of the investigation of this situation. Even going back before the NBA, I'm sorry, you know, ratcheted up as far as their investigation and their look into the situation. For me, it's interesting because we've all worked in workplaces. Most of us have worked at some point in our career in an office setting before. And when you have not only the owner of the company, but a high profile owner, you know, running the show. And if he's not treating his employees in a one, an ethical way, and also two, you know, racial situation is against the law, you know, per the labor laws of this country. So for me, my whole concern is about the employees of that situation, whether or not these same employees who were affli- afflicted by his transgressions, if they're still going to be within the organization, because a year is not a long time. You know, you feel like, okay, your voice was heard in the situation, but this guy's not only the owner, but he'll be back in a year. And you know he's going to have his tentacles on this team because they are a championship contender team. So I don't expect him to go under a rock somewhere and just don't know what's going on with his ball club. So for me, the NBA, I felt that the fine one should have been higher. But I'm unsure if that's bargain or collectively bargain or some entity of that between the owners and the commissioner and their little side agreement per se. Two, to me what this reeks of, and I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there, it reeks of a situation where Robert Sarver said, hey, all right, banish me from the team. I'll take that. $10 million, that ain't nothing but a charitable contribution. Don't make me blow the horn. And we all know what blow the horn means. Meaning that I don't want to put judgment on the owners of the National Basketball Association, but if this guy felt like he can openly do these things in an office setting of the organization that he owns, there may be some other owners out here who have the same tactics, the same movements. You know, what emails does he have between owners, between player acquisitions and opinions on players? And we all know about the Danny Ferry situation when he was the GM of the Atlanta Hawks. So to me, I think Adam Silver, he tried to put down some discipline. But I think what he fears as well is a guy like Robert Sarver, oh, you going to try to out me? Man, I got emails. I ran along. I probably got pictures. I probably got all type of incriminating stuff from the rest of the owners in the league. And we all know the NBA is in it for profit, and they do not want that PR disaster on their hands. So, you know, Adam Silver, you know, he's done a – Tremendous job, in my opinion, of the commissioner of the National Basketball Association since the late David Stern. But what this says to me is is that this guy, I don't know if he's going to be a change man after this. You know, we'll see in another year. But I do think that, you know, a lot of people was thinking about, hey, should they force him to sell the ball club? And to me, I think it's, again, a situation to where, oh, you're going to make me sell my ball club? You know, I'm not a... 
80-year-old guy like a Donald Sterling. You know, I'm not an older guy who's been an owner since, you know, the early 80s. You know, I'm a new age owner, and my team is a contender. So I think there was a leverage play there. But we on Five Sports Podcast definitely wanted to get into that situation, man. Once again, thanks for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. The National Football League, what we call, quote-unquote, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, has had a significant injury to the star player of their franchise, and that's Dak Prescott. Is Dick, Dak Prescott got injured in week number one against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He suffered a thumb injury, which will require surgery. You know, Jerry Jones, I guess he a doctor as well, man. He had the news literally two seconds after the football game. It's Dak Prescott. It's what they're saying is going to be out four weeks with the thumb injury. Now, me, you know, I just previewed the Dallas Cowboys in a season preview of the NFC. And this was a team that I went ahead and just put it out there. I didn't see this team making the playoffs with a healthy Dak Prescott. I think this team is devoid a little bit of talent over the last couple of years that they've had. This probably is their least talented ball club across the board at all positions. And so I'm not a cowboy hater. You know, I'm not one of those, you know, just, you know, super cowboy hater. I just call call it what I see. You know, as the show, straight talk, no chaser. And so now with Dak Prescott being out a minimum of four weeks, which I really believe is going to be probably a six-week situation, I hope he gets back on the field as soon as possible and healthy. But Jerry Jones and, you know, Stephen Jones, the son, they got their hands full in this situation. You know, I think you got an agent, Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of people saying that, you know, Tony Pollard is going to be the heir apparent in that situation. Both of those guys are, you know, especially Tony Pollard. I think he's coming up for a contract, getting a contract year. Zeke as well as far as guaranteed money is concerned. So this is a huge, huge injury at the wrong time as Cooper Rush going to be the starting quarterback moving forward it appears that Jerry and company is not going to make any roster moves to this team but man this team got his hands full you know they're in a division that to me is winnable but I think teams in their division is caught up a little bit with them the Washington's of the world Philadelphia's of the world and the two games against the Giants at this point now is not a given with Dak Prescott being out so they got a real situation going on in Dallas, man. You know, I wish Dak Prescott the best and hope he get back on the field as soon as he can. But this whole situation, man, is definitely, definitely something. Also, too, on another note across the National Football League, another quarterback grew up in the great state of Mississippi, went to Southern Miss University, got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in 1991, and was traded to the Green Bay Packers and one of the toughest football players we've ever seen, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Brett Favre. Now, I'm a Bear fan. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. But I got respect for Brett Favre. You know, he was a guy, he was tough as nails. You know, he was a competitor. He came to play every time he stepped out on the football field. But this whole situation I'm hearing out in the state of Mississippi as there were some emails and some exchanges between Brett Favre and the former governor of the state of Mississippi in getting some funding for a volleyball arena 
at the University of Southern Miss, where at the time his daughter was a volleyball player there. Comes to find out, him and the governor swindled the state of Mississippi out of $5 million. But not just $5 million. $5 million of aid money, assistance money, food stamp money. Now, Mississippi is the poorest state in the United States of America. Anybody is free to research that, but Mississippi is the poorest state in the country. Like, really? And I seen the email from Brett Favre. Well, he knew he was bogus. What if the media hears about this? Really, bro? Just your NFL contracts alone is over $120 million, and I'm not counting this man money. But I'm just going to go out on a whim and say, with your name and likeness, you can literally start a GoFundMe page for this same arena or court and probably get the money you need, at least a good half of it that you need to fund this whole situation. But no, not only do you want to affect the poorest people in the poorest state in the country, but it's also to your home, your home state. So, to me, Brett Favre, you're a scumbag. You're a scumbag. And we on Five Sports Podcast, man, we straight talk, no chaser here. Well, we got to just keep it 100. A guy that has made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars from not only the football field, but off the football field. Take $5 million from his own people. And don't give a damn about it. So my whole opinion has changed on this man. I mean, he's at the lowest ethical scale. People do make mistakes. I do understand that. But for a guy that's had access to to money that most of us will never see in our lives you want to take five million dollars from the poorest people in the state people who day to day worry about how i'm gonna eat and how worry about how i'm gonna pay my bill so brett Favre, you're a scumbag and that was a scumbag move so once again thanks for listening to the we on five sports podcast